Hello and welcome to another episode of Frolic Through the Fields. I'm your host today, Travis Wright, and it is my pleasure and great honor to introduce this esteemed and good man person named Jeremiah Patterson, my cousin. How are you doing, Jeremiah? I'm uh, feeling good. I wouldn't say I am good. <laughs> yeah, none of us are good, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Got to, you know, pander to our audience. That's right. Anyway, so, but no, um, Jeremiah is my cousin, um, and we have been good friends for a long time. And he has been one of my uh, go-to people when I have questions about uh, ministry and uh, a lot of things. But today we're talking about cross-cultural ministry. And uh, Jeremiah is uh, very, very well studied on the subject. Um, I'm going to let him uh, take it over here in a second. Uh, but I'd like to ask uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, taking a few minutes just to tell us about your story and kind of uh, what brought you to where you're at now, which is uh, why I brought you on in the first place. But <laughs> Sure. Um... Well, honestly, your mom helped me a lot, um, getting me involved with Young Life right in the first year of college there. I think that's where probably I felt called to ministry. That's where God shifted my affections from maybe a six-figure, nice, cushy job to uh, working um, in the fields with him. And yeah, I really haven't gone too many other directions but that since. It's gotten more focused on internationals um, in the last five years, six years. But that's definitely where it started for me in Young Life, and then going to Midwestern and doing the fusion program there, and now welcoming international students at MSU and Drury and OTC now. Very cool, yeah. So real quick, what was fusion kind of like? Uh, fusion was great. Uh, I did fusion at Midwestern Seminary in 2012 at, uh, I think I was 22, and we went to India, and it was hard. And as you know, hard is good. And I just fell in love with the... Um, people there and you know even before we went the idea of unreached unengaged people groups I hadn't heard that um, concept flushed out before and it broke my heart and really helped me focus on like who I wanted to um, reach and just put all my labor and effort into loving well and like how, how do we get the gospel to these people that that's where a lot of my attentions and the following years were focused. Excellent. And um, you spoke of working with international students right now. What are you? What is your role currently? Um, right now, I'm working with a. We're actually an official on-campus club at MSU, and we do welcome parties, and we're primarily focused on welcoming the students on campus, getting to know them, getting to meet them, host them well, connect them with families, just make them feel comfortable. And then I'll, what we do throughout the week is we have several. Um, what we call Discovery Bible Studies, which are filled with folks who are of different faiths or say they have no faith at all. And it's just designed to go from creation to Christ, just following um, about thir 13 to 20 major stories so that they can know, like, wh why, did, why does Jesus die? Why is sacrifice necessary? What is sin? What is law? What is gospel? And so if they go through uh, 13 weeks each semester, by the end they should have a very clear understanding of what Christians believe and should be engaging with it enough that they should be asking whether or not they believe it too. And it's it's been a, a good ride. I've been living with Chinese guys, Bangladeshi guys, and it's a very unique opportunity and I love it a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So one of the questions I had right off the bat was um, if you could boil it down, I mean, it's kind of this is kind of one of those broad questions, but what is the importance of uh, cross-cultural ministry and uh, kind of what would you have to say to people who would be like, well, 
you know, I, I've heard the argument before sometimes, well, before we go overseas, sometimes we got to focus on us. And I think yeah. for some people that may be true, mm-hmm. but I think for others, they just don't understand the importance of it. So what, what would you say? Um, just read your Bible. Um, it starts in the <laughs> Old Testament. You see God's heart for the foreigner. I mean, even stuff like Naomi and Ruth, the Old Testament, the Levitical law, um, and even the Holiness Code, they were required to love the foreigner. Um, you know, we kind of hype up the, like, we got to get the Canaanites out part, but they, they had to love the foreigner amongst them. And there were laws that if you were part of Israel, but you were not Israel, there was still um, ways that you interacted with God's people and with God. And so God has always had a place in his heart for the foreigner, for ones who are not like us. And you see that in the law, and as you get to gospel, it doesn't change. I mean, we are Gentiles. We're not Jews. We've been grafted in. And so when you meet folks and you realize that they don't have the opportunity that you've had to you know, see a church every street corner growing up, that they could live and die in their culture and never hear Jesus' name, um, that should bother us and mm-hmm. motivate us to want to welcome, um, send folks to them, um, or, or you know, just do whatever we can to make gospel known, not just to our people, but to all peoples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I've brought this up several times now on the podcast, but I'm reading through uh, Bonhoeffer's uh, Light Together, mm. and uh, I actually posted on the Facebook page about a passage that talks about how it is uh, it is uh, by the mercy of God that we have the gift of Christian community, and that many people overseas do not have the same ability to meet as we do. And in that time, they should definitely worship God in their loneliness, but being able to reach out to them and, and, and bestow upon them, being able to, to, through God, give them this gift of community. I mean, I think that's absolutely, that's crucial in a lot of areas. So, but uh, yeah. And I think especially whether you're welcoming or going or sending people, you'll find that um, if people don't have access to Jesus, they're interested in him. They want to know what the big deal is. Why are you guys doing this? Why are you saying this? You know, this is what I've heard. Tell me what's true. You know, and there's not all this cultural baggage that we have where it's like, oh, we don't talk about politics and religion. No, it's wide open. Just get in there and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so uh, I guess uh, the next question I had for you would be, um, so what does ministry look like um, with international students and how does that differ you know, on the stateside realm versus uh, what it looks like overseas? Um, the biggest difference is what end of the hospitality you're on. So if you're here at home, um, you're the host. It is on you to provide the tea and the snacks. And I think when we say hospitality, I really do mean food. Food and tea are so important. Um, and it is in our culture, but I think we've forgotten it to some extent. We've got we've got our coffee shops, and that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it matters. It builds community. Like to invite someone to your table and, and share life with them is is the easiest gospel bridge there is. I mean, we we could talk about different techniques and you know, do I do Romans Road? Do I draw a picture? You know, what do I do? <laughs> but eat food with someone and talk, and I think you'll find that the the Holy Spirit will guide your conversations towards Christ. Um, and so on the other end of that, if you are going and you are a guest, um, you have to be the recipient of the hospitality. You have to enjoy you know, whatever's put in front of you and decide that you're going to engage and love it and not be uncomfortable, even though it might be uncomfortable um, wherever you are. There, there's 
culture shock and reverse culture shock and all these things that you might have to deal with, but it's worth it because um, you know, we got a big family and we got to go figure out who it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's interesting when you brought, bring up like you know like breaking bread with people and having that meal and having that time. Um, do you ever have those moments where you like? Because I, I, I should be very clear, I have these moments where I just feel like maybe I said the wrong thing or maybe mm -hmm. oh, I overstepped my bounds yeah. on some things and kind of how do, you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think uh, grace is huge. Um, be gracious and receive grace graciously. You know, be willing to apologize and be willing to learn. Um, uh, learning culture can be tricky. You make mistakes and you learn the differences between cultures. Sometimes you get them mixed up and have to apologize for that too. Mm -hmm. Um, and even just like knowing context, like who, who have you heard Jesus is or what does your faith say who Jesus is and navigating those questions and misunderstandings and, you know, realizing that what you're saying doesn't always translate well, especially to someone who this is their second language. And so being willing to engage with them from their culture, from what they know. Um, just putting putting your ego away is a is a big thing. Um, you know, I, there's guys that I love to death that I've spent tons of time with, and we're hanging out with some Muslims, and they'll make a joke about Muhammad, and it's like, what are you? You know, like, I think that's only happened to me once, but it's like, man, I love you, but I want to punch you in the face right now. Like, don't do that. <laughs> um, so it's just like some that should be common sense, but maybe it's not because we're raised in a different culture that doesn't have. A lot of boundaries and like we'll make fun of anything you know you get a soft part no no limits we're gonna make fun <laughs> of everybody um and so even being willing to give up maybe even how we do, do humor in some ways just um something that's like i don't wear shorts hardly any at all anymore because the older men in a lot of cultures you don't wear shorts and so it's just it's like respect and mm -hmm. sometimes i still love half pants don't get me wrong but <laughs> You know, you gotta sometimes give up your rights so mm -hmm. that some people can know. Mm -hmm. and it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so something I just thought of, and it was with what you were saying. Have you noticed? Um, and obviously, I don't want to boil a culture down to like it, it, these people react this way or this. Sure. But with certain cultures come, you know, their belief systems. Do you notice something about the gospel? Like with different cultures, people tend to grab on to certain parts of it. Like, um, if like, you know, like grace is something that maybe one culture is like, oh, that's a new concept or mm -hmm. whether or not like, um, the way atonement and justification happens. Um, I don't know if there's any kind of, and this is on the fly, so I apologize. Oh, yeah. if, no, absolutely. There's, there's differences and, um, you know, you'll have guys tell you, no, I don't sin. I don't make mistakes, but like the way we're, what are we, what is sin? What are we defining as a mistake? And there's other guys that the idea of, um, a sacrifice being made on your behalf or someone else paying a debt, that's unacceptable, that's shameful, that's disgraceful. Um, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't allow for that. Um, yeah, there's, it depends on who you're talking to, but there's big differences. And even the idea of God's sovereignty and him being in control. Dude, my parents have been in control of me my entire life. I don't want some God to be in control of me too. Um, that's, that's a big one as, mm -hmm. as well. And just... The attributes of God and going through those and um, trying to explain who he is through these, you know, from Abraham and Moses and talking about all these things. Um, as, as those stories kind of knit together and get into the gospel and all these things, I think people start to see who God is 
And like, I can't explain away those, those concerns, but I think the spirit does. I think they, as we know, grow to know God, kind of our sensibilities about what we think he's like melt away and we see who he really is and we see that it's good. And I think with the guys that, that I've walked with for a little longer, I think I've seen that happening and ha has happened. And, you know, I hope it happens for some more guys. Um, but I think everyone approaches God with their um, preconceived notions about him and they're, pre you know, they're coming in with their fears and their baggage. And there's not a lot you can really do except walk them through um, who God says he is. And that's what kind of puts puts aside those things. I can't really explain them away, um, but God's faithful in that he uses his word to teach. And it's honestly pretty miraculous because you'll think that somebody is somewhere, and as you're reading with them, you'll, you find that God's been working on them a whole lot more than you've been reading with them. And it's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, real quick, is there anything you'd like to bring up? Um, I've got a few more questions, mm -hmm. I think, but is there anything that you feel like, uh, um, as someone, like, I'm just a uh, very good co-host, co oh gosh, <laughs> I already, a very good co-host, I already, like, they bring it up and then all of a sudden drop it right away. But... Yeah, I feel like I should be eating some hot wings with these good interview oh. questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, now we're going to get demonetized, no, we don't even have monetization. Yeah, you're good, uh, you can say whatever you want. Anyway, is there anything, um, a subject or something, um, interesting about, uh, um, mission work or international students that uh, that really comes to the forefront of your mind that we maybe we haven't hit on just yet or um, yeah I mean there's there's lots it's, it's pretty multifaceted um, if you're young and don't have attachments and wonder what you should do with your life um, man pursue the scriptures and see if God doesn't turn your heart towards the nations because um, he he just might um, if you're not young and you are grounded and rooted where you are and you feel like there's nothing you could do to reach the nations, you're totally wrong. <laughs> At these students are coming by the hundreds of thousands and they're so close to you. Even here in Kansas City, there's dozens and dozens of Omanis and Saudis and all these different guys and gals who would love to be a part of an American family for a semester, to eat meals with you, to you know, enjoy your children and your family. Um, that's a thing that happens and it's really beautiful. There's no host program up here yet, but it's something I'd love to start. And honestly, if you're a happy-go-lucky family and you drove up to the international office today and told them you wanted to do that, they'd probably be excited about it. Um, that's a huge part of what we do. It like families cooking food for us and inviting students into their home. You know, I can meet with 30 guys and we can study the scriptures, but it's those one-on-ones that makes the biggest difference because mm -hmm. um, there's no cultural, culture, cultural pressure at that point for them. If it's just you and him or you and your family, they can really open up and ask those, those questions of their heart, you know, that maybe if their friends there, they won't say that, or they'll be a little more guarded. And I can't meet with 30 guys throughout a week. And so I am really reliant on, you know, partners and families and, other people to come and you know have food maybe they don't even stay for the bible study but they're there building relationship and they know those guys and they pray for those guys um so if you haven't engaged in that way like try to find a way to engage i know international fellowship is pretty passionate about starting something in kansas city in the future it's been good in springfield i'd love to see it spread because um, there are 
I don't know how many college campuses in the U.S. with I don't know how many students. You know, I wanted to have a bunch of numbers and stats, but I didn't write anything down. But sure. it, it's outrageous. I mean, if you Google it, it'll break your heart because a lot of the stories that we hear from friends, like maybe we didn't meet them their first two or three years here, and they were just staying in their apartment and studying, and that's it. Like they go out to get their food, and they're lonely and heartbroken, and they, they need people to engage them and welcome them and you know, proclaim the gospel to them. Um, and you can, you can do that, especially there's other, there is organization here, ISI, International Students Incorporated, and they're all older people. I mean, like elderly. So there's, there's no age limit on loving international students. That's awesome. Yep. That's right. And um, you can do the same thing with, with refugees and folks like that too. I know there's a lot of folks doing that in Kansas City too. I just haven't done it much. That's awesome. I love that. Yep. Um, Another question for you I had written down. Um, what are some good resources for those interested in this ministry, be it uh, you know, videos on YouTube or, or, or books or even just, like you said, um, uh, 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 nonprofits or organizations that uh, you, uh, you would recommend? Well, there's International Fellowship. There we go. <laughs> uh, if, if you know Project Hope, we're under their umbrella, and so we're like their local ministry there in Springfield. Um, I mean, you just went on a trip with them not that long ago. Yeah, was we went, good. went down to Nicaragua, yeah. and uh, you said some things to me that really changed my perspective. I was just like, what, what is happening? Yeah, I'd just gotten off the boat from India. So I, was probably, <laughs> I probably came on a little strong and apologized. No, I, I enjoyed what you had to say, though. Um, there is a class you can take called Perspectives. I think they do it quarterly. Um, and you, you look up perspectives online, you can find it. It's, a, uh, it's kind of like a missions cultural class. It talks about contextualization. And you can get a college credit for it, or you can just take it for the knowledge. Um, it's so good. Whether you're thinking about going, or you want to welcome people better, or you want to send people better, or you just want to be able to engage with folks that are doing this, um, it's a great thing to do. We've, I think we've had almost all of our folks go through it now. Um, and it's a great ministry. Um, you get some pretty sweet food cooked for you just by going through the class. And you just get a taste of like what it could be like and, and what could you do. It helps you kind of dream about it a little bit. It's, it's a good class. I would recommend anyone take perspectives. Um, the other ways, I mean, one of my favorite YouTube videos is by Global Frontier Missions. It's called God's Heart for the Foreigner. Probably everyone should watch that. You could you know, splicing the audio in there maybe. I don't know. Um, it's very good. It's very convincing because it has the stick people drawings. Those always go. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and I would also honestly encourage people to be as involved in the local church as they can be because if your heart is for discipleship and evangelism but you're not involved in the local church, then what, what are you doing? You know, like where, where are you going to go to uh, get fed and get built up and, you know, be a part of the body? Um, so you want to set the example for um, any disciple that you might be you know, evangelizing to or discipling. So be a part of your local body. Whatever your church is doing in this vein, be a part of it. Discipleship, missions, evangelism. Um, love that. Like, eat it. You know, build it up. Grow it. If it's not there, like, be passionate about it. Make it happen. Um, and beyond your church, there's whatever de denominational affiliation you are. If uh, there's something in your state or even on the national level, and like you can be an advocate for something that is happening or isn't happening. Just like 
be convinced that you can be an encourager and cheerleader for just about anything or find that person who is and mm-hmm. like empower them. Oh, yeah. And just, um, you know, the gospel, the gospel's happening despite all our faults because God is good and we're not. And um, I've been so encouraged. But I'm a Southern Baptist and we've got the Acts 29 thing going too. And we're sending out a lot of beautiful couples this fall to the nations. And I will, it will be so bittersweet because uh, we're sending our best, you know? So um, I'll be sad to see them go, but I'll be also be, you know, joyous to see them leave because um, we're sending them and they're good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so do that and do that well. Um, you know, it, there's lots of sending organizations, especially here in Kansas City, um, and a lot of them focus on vocation. And so if you have skills that are practical, if you're not... Uh, if you have a trade that you can apply, that can get you in places. Maybe I couldn't go. You know, I can go teach English somewhere, but you know, I can't go do water wells or science projects. I don't medical stuff. You know, there's a lot of avenues in missions that might even get you to places that have their doors closed to the gospel. Um, there, there are several places like that around Kansas City. If you do some research, I'm sure you could find them. I don't know people's websites, so I'm not going to do oh, no, name drops. But um, yeah, if uh, and if you know people that are running in that vein, you know we, we can get them to find stuff. There's the IMB and there's Cross World, and there, there's a lot of good agencies that are sending people with skills, and that's good too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I remember uh, at church uh, when we were talking about uh, some of the missions work they were doing. One of our uh, Elders was telling a story. They went to one of our, I think he's one of our associate pastors or such, but he said, you know, I'm not, I feel like I should go on this trip, but I'm not sure. And he put his arm in his shoulder and said, let me tell you something. You're commanded to. <laughs> and so, um, but, uh, well, I think that's uh, almost going to round us out. Uh, I want to open up one last thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, really neat stories or anything? Um, it could be a funny story. It could be, you know, something that just really struck you on one of your trips or in one of your groups um, uh, that you work with right now. So, um, and if not, I'm not going to pressure you to put one off on the spot. Um, You know, there's, it's been, we've been doing, we haven't been meeting in person for the last several months because of quarantine, but we've actually gone longer than we normally would into the summer um, on Zoom and doing Bible studies that way. And it's been a lot smaller but it's interesting because someone, one of the guys who would normally be, you know, the most, I would say, difficult because he just brings so many objections or just kind of rabbit trails us. He's been so focused and just asking such good questions and been so sincere. Whereas in the group, it was like, oh man, that is really sick or that's really off base or, you know, like we would have to take time to address something or just tell him like later, later and you know, over Zoom, he's not like that. I don't, I don't know what's changed, but I think the Lord's just been working on his heart. And that's just a recent example where it's like, ah, oh, this is terrible, we can't meet. But I think God's worked it out for good. And, you know, if you guys would be praying for B, he's, uh, he's <laughs> growing in the Lord, I think. And I think he's genuinely um, hungry for the scripture. So I'm excited to see what happens with him and just pray for the leaders that are reaching out to him because, um, you know, just they'd be patient and continue to love him well. They've done a great job, and it's beautiful to see. Um, yeah, uh, this is a hard time for international students. I would just encourage everyone to pray for them. 
as they're in a strange place for transition, like not being able to go home, not knowing what's next, visa offices being closed. It's a hard time for us too. Um, just, you know, are we going to get guys for these rooms? What's going to happen? Um, but I think it's good. I, even my housemates, I've got them. I get to be with them for another two months and we get, I get to share with them and love on them for two months that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And so, you know, even uh, though the virus sucks, there's some silver lining to it and I'm enjoying it. It's good. Um, you know, as much as you can. <laughs> no, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that God does take these things that we would we would chalk up to be disasters and, mm -hmm. and, and just absolute tragedies. And in those moments, he can work it out for whatever he desires to be good and right. So I think what you just said was really awesome. I think that's very encouraging. So, All right, well, I think uh, that's probably going to do it for us. Um, any last words? I'm not about to... Take down my cousin, I promise. That wasn't a threat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just go go and go and I'm giving you permission. Go go spend your life um, for the Lord. It's worth it. Absolutely awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeremiah, for coming on. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. I think you've spoken tremendous words. Um, I would just like to encourage everybody out there, if you are not connected with um a group and encouraging them and praying for them and constantly reminding yourself that we are not the only ones that, you know, desire to draw close to Jesus. And some have not been introduced to that yet. I would just encourage you and pray for you that you would reach out to these organizations, to these people, get connected in some way. And you know what? I think you'll be surprised just how much God will work in your life with that. But um, until next time, um, wow, that was so eloquent. And then I have no idea what to say right now. So, uh, we filmed this in a garage. Goodbye. <laughs>